Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Stacy Tarico, the CHRO of Accurate Background. They provide employment background screening and workforce monitoring. Stacy's job involves HR strategy, talent acquisition, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and learning and development. We're going to talk about the changing workforce, how employers addressed COVID, and how HR has changed on this edition of People Tech. Hi, Stacy. Welcome. I mean, you've been in HR for a while, and I'm, I'm curious about the changes that you've seen. How does HR today differ from HR, say, 20 years ago? You know, HR for me has really evolved, and, and that might be a little reflection of you know my growth from being early career twenty years ago to where twenty years ago to where we are today. But I think HR has become really a much more strategic function. You know, over time, when I think about you know where I started and where I am today, uh, really kind of um, interjecting themselves more as we think about workforce planning uh, capabilities of the future and where we need to you know, take companies, I think, you know, not to say HR was not strategic 20 years ago, but I think it was probably a little bit more of a tactical view in the way we support our employees, as opposed to really position repositioning ourselves as a function that can work alongside the business to think through what are those, you know, capabilities you need in order to help bring the company, uh, you know, achieving their strategy or continuing to propel it forward in its growth journey. Um, and then certainly, you know, post-pandemic, HR really has, um, I think, kind of reinvented themselves again around thinking about, you know, how do we pivot in the way we think about not only helping, you know, the company grow and the way we bring the right resources to the table in achieving that strategic plan, but also providing the environment where employees want to, you know, work for a company, have the right balance around work and life, because that has become, become such a, you know, a central point of, of, you know, what is important to employees when you think about, you know, 2019 versus today and being able to kind of go remote and have the best of both worlds. And so HR has had to become much more creative in the way we provide solutions and an environment that employees want to, you know, stay with a company, especially in a tight job market where, you know, a lot of employees, especially our technology employees can go out. And I, you know, I think the statistic when I joined Accurate a year ago was, you know, tech talent's on the market for nine days <laughs> and they've got a job. And so how do we continue to create an environment that resonates for our workforce that's competitive with other companies, but also, you know, focuses on delivering for the business? It's a, it's a, it's a balancing act um, right now, especially. You know, there's a lot of things that have been driving changes in HR, in the, especially in the last few years. And you know, one of the sort of big results, I think, has been um, hybrid work. So of the changes you're talking about, did hybrid work play a role in, in making those changes come about or has it been more of a background thing? 
I think that is something I imagine every HR leader is trying to navigate. Certainly, you know, as we thought about our return to the office, you know, the CEO and I talked a lot about when is the right time to re-engage and come back into the office and, and what does our long-term plan look like, especially again in a tight labor market. And we made the conscious choice to kind of wait, let's wait, because we didn't want to be like uh, companies that were trying to get their, their teams back and then they kept delaying and, you know, we're jerking our employees, come back, no, just kidding, you know, stay remote. Um, and so it's given us more time to kind of reflect about a hybrid work model where, so what we're trying to navigate, and I think what other, you know, HR leaders or really leadership teams are trying to navigate is how do you implement a hybrid work model? Because I, I think that's how you're going to retain good talent. And certainly, you know, a female workforce that has largely dropped out during COVID to take care of their families and kind of manage that. So when we think about diversity, I think it um, opens up a, a, a wider slate to be able to retain good talent. But we need to think about our leadership. How do we train our leaders to really lead in a hybrid work environment where you may have some in office and some remote or some part-time in office and some remote? And how do you make sure you're giving the right access to opportunities and not just the person you can walk down the hall to, you know, how do we think about training and development? We've lost some early career employees who said, I, I, I feel isolated and I don't know that the training opportunities um, are necessarily there. So how do we rethink the way we lead in that hybrid model, make sure we're getting the, the development of our early career? Um, you know, a lot of employees feel connected to their teams, but not connected to the whole. So it really is um, change in the way we lead, the way we communicate, the way we collaborate, the way we define the purpose of why we're coming into the office, so that we're much more intentional about the way we engage and kind of shape and mold our culture for the future, because we will be largely in a hybrid work model, um, really looking to, you know, retain our teams that, you know, they say now, and I'm sure you've read a lot of the articles that, you know, compensation isn't you know, the only driver to why people want to stay. And that really has changed to, you know, can I have that work-life flexibility to take care of, you know, my personal and my uh, professional kind of needs and priorities? Um, you know, I'm wondering though, is, is hybrid work as popular as everybody says it is? You know, I, I'm wondering if it's, if it's got sort of a, a, a good tailwind of hype behind it, or do you yeah. think it's really true? You know, I, I think, you know, I, this is, you know, kind of my view. I, I feel like this is a little bit of an experiment, right? I think companies can do it and they have to put a lot of attention intention around it. But I think, you know, a year from now, uh, we'll be looking back and saying, you know, has this really, have we been able to um, work and retain talent and kind of mold our culture in a way that um, had the outcome we were hoping? I don't know if that's a, the answer I should be sh sharing, but um, I do think it's a little bit of a, a test. It will be interesting um, you know, over time, you know, kind of look back to when we, you know, the, the popular trend was open work concept, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're going to have open space and it's going to really promote collaboration. And, you know, there has been debate on whether or not, you know, that truly was the case and, you know, did it kind of limit some collaboration as people put headsets on. And so, you know, I think companies can do it and I think they're going to retain a uh, good talent by doing it right now, because we have kind of reset the table around, you know, the pandemic occurred, people showed that they could go home and get their work done just as productively as being in the office. And so um, thinking differently about, you know, how we engage our teams, I think is something we need to do. But I think over time, it will tell us whether or not this was as um, 
you know, successful as we hope it will be. Shifting gears a little bit to talk about, um, you know, backgrounds. Um, does hybrid work pose any kind of challenge to companies like Accurate? You know, I, I haven't thought about that too much. I don't, you know, I don't think so. I mean, as long as we can go in and, you know, complete our background checks for our, our clients, um, I don't think it changes, you know, what we do um, or how we do it. Um, so, no, I don't think it's going to have a big impact on that. And, and then, you know, for our workforce and how we deliver our work, um, I think we've shown we can do it successfully. And so I, I don't see it. Um, you know, really being a big impact at this point. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. To take a little detour, you know, I'm, I'm betting that most of the people who are listening to this podcast know a little bit about background, but not a lot. And I wondered if you could just step me through the process when you're checking out a employer, potential employee, what are the steps that you go through? Okay. Um, you know, so our, our employee, sorry, our customers, you know, certainly put in um, the request to uh, check a background. I, I should have brought one of our um, sales or account managers to really do describe the process, but certainly, you know, we have a team in our fulfillment or our operations team that would go through the steps based on, you know, the type of background check we need to complete to ensure that we are going through the proper checks to clear someone's background um, in order to clear them to start with our, you know, with our clients or the HR teams that we serve. Um, when it comes to background screening, I'm certainly a layman. You know, I've never run a background check. I've been checked, but you know, that's about all I know. Um, and it seems to me that hybrid work, you know, is, is people bringing work into their home. So you may have some tension between the personal and professional there. And I wonder if that's somehow creeping over um, into background screening where you've got the need for information um, and the desire for privacy on the, on the other side. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're talking about from an HR viewpoint or certainly, you know, as you think about companies kind of thinking about productivity, privacy, or, you know, if it's PII or different things you're touching, certainly PII touches our, our, our business and the way we do background checks, you know, and I think some companies are making the decision to, you know, put controls in place where they can monitor and ensure, um, you know, work is getting done. Um, and I don't know if that's answering your question, um, but, you know, really kind of putting some controls in space to under, in place to understand kind of an employee's working from home. We don't have line of sight, you know, 
is the productivity happening that needs to occur? Um, and so I do think that comes into play. You know, you're working for a company and, and while an employee may feel I'm at home and, and I can have full privacy around the way I'm getting my work done, you know, I think it, it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that depending on the controls that, you know, it, a company's decided to put in place to ensure that an employee is working during the time that they're supposed to. But, you know, I think there's also debate on, you know, if an employee is getting their work done, whether it's traditional hours or it's uh, by means of, you know, hours that they can get the work done. Um, I think it varies by, by company. Mm. I don't know if that answers your question. Um, oh yeah, no, it, 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 it does. It was, I guess I was wondering what, what the creep is, if you know what I mean. Um, if, if hybrid work was pulling more uh, concern in, into the home um, about things like privacy, so. Um, I, I, I sort of asked this before, but I'd, I'd like to ask it more specifically, and, and that's about um, screening with a, a hybrid workforce. Um, are there truly different concerns with screening when you're working with hybrid workers or remote workers for that matter? You know, I, I mean, if you're thinking about screening by, by way of, you know, an employer screening, um, for, you know, considering, you know, an employee you're going to hire, you know, if our client comes and says screen an employee, you know, what, what we're typically validating is, you know, their job history, their employment verification, uh, their, the, where they've worked, um, certainly if there is a um, drug screening component. So I, I just, maybe if you give me time to think about that a little more, but just on its face, I don't think that there is you know, an impact in kind of the traditional way we've done screening to say, has this individual worked for these companies that they've stated for this period of time? And, you know, did they get their degree? And, you know, some of the the regular checks you go through, I don't know how hybrid, you know, really changes those kind of static things that you're checking, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now I'm wondering about the, the great resignation and, you know, what kind of pressure has that put on you? That has been tough. I mean, and that's why we've been kind of um, measured and thinking through the way we're going to return to the office and what our long-term work model is. I mean, every company is experiencing, you know, probably more turnover than they have traditionally experienced if they looked at, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, there is quite a bit of turnover and churn. So it's, you know, we are really in a place now where we're doing a lot of um, kind of benchmarking and validation around what we offer employees. If we think about, you know, compensation, uh, benefits, some of the kind of more um, kind of intangible benefits um, that we need to think through to say, how do we create kind of an employer brand and employee value proposition, the way we develop employees, you know, how do we really articulate what you're going to get at, at accurate and why, you know, why you want to come and why you would want to stay. So not only to make sure we're competitive in the marketplace around compensation benefits, some of the more traditional pieces, but also really taking the time to articulate, you know, here's what you'll get at accurate when you think about development, when you think about career growth, when you think about flexibility, being able to take time off, um, 
you know, those types of things. So it really is making us really kind of hone in on, you know, what is important to our employees and then how do we develop programs around that to make sure we can, you know, do our best. We're going to have attrition. It is people, you know, sat during COVID and didn't change jobs. And then the market opened up and, you know, everyone wanted, wanted to kind of move around because we didn't have that churn for a couple of years. And so again, we are doing our best to try to, um, really um, provide benefits and programs that reflect our employees' wants and kind of the culture we're trying to create that aligns with our workforce, you know, demographic um, to do our best to, you know, retain the good talent that we have and attract as well. And how do you feel that's going? You know, there, there's still, there's still attrition, but I think we are, um, you know, doing a good job where, you know, we have increased our internal mobility percentage around individuals that are moving into new roles. Um, again, we're, we've, you know, launched a, a development platform enterprise-wide for our employees where, you know, we're really, um, you know, providing more thoughtful offerings. So, um, you know, we just by nature of, of kind of what's going on right now, we're seeing that churn and there's only so much that you can, um, you know, try to continue to address that attrition. But um, certainly I think we're uh, rolling out good programs that we're getting great feedback on um, that I think, you know, is making an impact. Well, Stacy, thanks very much. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. My guest today has been Stacy Tirico, the CHRO of Accurate Background, and this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report, where we're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Faith in the news media has been challenged making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. out.